And welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, the show where we take a given movie genre and we explore those... Um, oh, crap, y'all. I had a snappy intro, but I can't find it. Hold on. Let me see. It might be here in my We Are Gonna Be Friends uh, signed book by Jack White. No, that's not it. Hold on, let's see if it's under this Jack White hand doll I made. It's actually kind of creepy. Not there. Hold on. It's not in this Jack White guitar. Oh, wow. I'll find it. Hold on, guys. Just give me a second. Give me a second. Oh, let's see. Is it in this LP case? No, it's not in my white stripes. LP case. Oh, behind this movie, po- this concert poster of also Jack White. No, I'm sorry. I can't find it. Anyway, we are exploring movies that feature an appearance by Jack White. <laughs> Good, bad, and ugly. Yes, we are. I am Mark. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. And uh, so I have a little egg on my face, not only because I lost the intro, but uh, also because last episode I said there were exactly three movies that featured an appearance by Jack White, and then I uncovered a fourth that's apparently in the vault. So uh, I watched it, and we'll do we'll do a quick little uh, quick little thing about it. But that's the reason I picked these was because I thought there were exactly three. And I considered one bad, one good, and one ugly. So it seemed it seemed like more than coincidental we had to do it because I'm such a big fan. If you couldn't tell from my plethora of paraphernalia, that is an epic memorabilia collection. I am <laughs> impressed, Mark. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, right. I also was going to say real quick. So Meowington Mills was in the last episode, and uh, there's some discussion about cats and. He, I just want to say he and I, uh, you know, we agree on pretty much everything. I, I, but I, I do want to clarify that, um, you know, I, I don't think Cats is a good movie, but I just don't think it's ugly or bad. Just throwing it out there. Okay, still adamantly against it in every possible way. <laughs> I stand firm in that. <laughs> it really affected my kids. They really liked it. So you know, take that for what it is. But my comments still stand. Okay. All right. So shall we get into uh, get into it? The the problem here is we've got two that that came out in two thousand three. We'll start with uh, coffee and cigarettes. I think. So you ready to get into that one? Yep, and I've got the synopsis. Okay, a comic series uh, of short vignettes built on one another to create a cumulative effect as the characters discuss things as diverse as caffeine popsicles, Paris in the twenties, and the use of nicotine as an insecticide, all the while sitting around sipping coffee and smoking cigarettes. Sorry, that was as director Jim Jaramusch delves into the normal pace of our world from an extraordinary angle. He shows just how absorbing the obsessions, joys and addictions of life can be. All right. And here is the trailer. You're a Bill Murray, Bill Groundhog Day, ghost busting ass Murray. Who you going to call? I know that. Just don't tell anybody. If you don't like it here, we go down to Taco Bell or something. Maybe that's more your style. What are you saying, man? You're saying, like, I'm a, like a Taco Bell kind of guy? How long have you been living in L.A.? Oh, well, we've been here about uh, seven years. I do love visiting L.A. It's a great place to visit. It's even a nicer place to leave. <laughs> do you smoke? Only when I drink coffee. I drink a lot of coffee before I go to sleep and I can dream fast. That's how my dreams work. Well, how's, um, Johnny? Who? J- Jimmy. J- Tommy. <laughs> Coffee and cigarettes, that's not too healthy, is it now? Can I get you a sandwich or something? No. Y'all from around here? No. Is he brother and sister? Yes. No. I worked with this drummer the other day. I think you ought to check him out. What are you trying to tell me? Uh, I mean, my record sucks. What are you saying? So, Jack, are you going to show me how the coil works? Yeah, all right. I have a dentist appointment, but I don't. I don't want to go. I don't. I don't like the dentist. You want to go for me? Thank you very much. Are you two twins? No. Yes. Cheers. G- g- give me your home number. I'll call you. Can I say no? Cigarettes and coffee, man. That's a combination. Damn. That don't sound too good, Bill Murray. 
just a smoker's club. And that was the trailer for Coffee and Cigarettes. And uh, we never actually ran through the title. So we're looking at this one. Uh, we're looking at Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, and uh, Cold Mountain. Um, and so, and and mutant one, swingers from Mars, <laughs> and mutant swingers from Mars. That's the uh, that's the fourth uh, fourth one I mentioned, which is which is a, a weird one. Uh, but I don't know, Kelly Charles. Do y'all want to go ahead and uh, make your guesses as you light up there? <laughs> I man, Mark. I don't know. I I was before. I, okay, so I watched. What did I do? I did Walk Hard first, then Cold Mountain, and then Coffee and Cigarettes. And after the first two, I was pretty positive that I knew what was going to be. Um, but and I, okay, so I thought I thought Cold Mountain was going to be good, Walk Hard was going to be ugly, and Coffee and Cigarettes was going to be bad. And when I started Coffee and Cigarettes, I hated it. Like the first <laughs> vignette, I absolutely couldn't stand. As probably comes as a shock to no one. And but then it kind of reeled me in and I, I didn't love it or anything. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the way it was constructed, but, but I thought it was pretty good. Honestly, by the end, I was like, all right, all right. So, and uh, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my gut. I'm going to still say it's bad, but I don't really think it's bad. Okay. Charles. Uh, as I told you, Mark, I have no idea <laughs> what, uh, what your picks are here. Cause as I said last time, I kind of, I mean, these movies aren't my favorite, but I kind of feel like they're all sort of good. Um, uh, I mean, if I, I, the thing is, I don't know. It's hard because are you going with like the more what the Academy Awards did as far as you're good, like towards like Cold Mountain? Are you going more for your like silly like musician side for like the walk hard? Um, I, it, I don't know, but I would say probably Cold Mountain <laughs> is your good walk cards you're ugly and coffee and cigarettes is your bad i don't agree with that but that's what i'm thinking you did from uh from somebody who loves little nikki so much i could easily have (laughs) have picked walk hard as a good um okay so i'll i'll just say coffee and cigarettes so here's okay here's my history so i watched this a long time ago i bought it because jack white was in it uh this you know i get kind of monomaniacal about my my fan things like i just get caught in one thing and then just go crazy um with that one thing so i i bought this i'm like oh cool jack white's in it and he was only in it for a vignette i didn't even realize it was a series of vignettes when i bought it and uh i was kind of scared last episode when you mentioned charles that you thought all these were pretty good movies because i thought oh crap did i did i forget and going back and watching coffee and cigarettes it's just it's just not a good movie i don't <laughs> so I think the problem with this movie, so this is I bad? understand there are there there it is my bad. Pick. Okay, so there are really strong vignettes in it. The problem is they're sandwiched between my two least favorite, uh, and there's there's a lot of bad ones mixed in. But the first, like you said, Kelly, is just so deadpan, and there's there's no dynamic like dynamic to it at all. It's just these two people who don't seem to know each other, and it feels like they're trying to be artsy without mm-hmm. the art. And so, it's just, uh, which one's your favorite? Out of all these vignettes, is it the Jack White one, or do you have the Jack White one's pretty strong? I but I think my favorite is probably the um, I forget the the actor's name who plays Doc Ock in Spider Man Two. He's been mm. some other things. It's that one where he's where he sits down. Alfred Molina, like, yeah, mm. and he's talking to Steve. Coogan. Uh, I don't know the yeah. He's talking to to how do you pronounce it? Nugan? No, Coogan. Steve Coogan. Oh, Coogan, Steve Coogan about being cousins and and he thinks he's pitching him this movie idea and he's really not and so the the tables kind of turn in it it was kind of clever uh, and I also like the Kate Blanchett where she plays two people that one was pretty good mm-hmm. but the first one's so bad the last one that's what I remember the most about this movie is thinking oh they're gonna end it on some some upbeat high like interesting quirky note but it was this really like somber two older men discussing this poetic thing and they can hear this music and one of them is really forgetful and it just kind of ends in this sad note. And I, I remember the movie ended and I thought that was a waste of my time. They, it's true. They do exactly what you're, what you're taught not to do, you know, when you write something or whether you, <laughs> when you watch a movie, it's like you, you want to start with a really strong one and you want to end on your, on your strong, if not your strongest one. And some of the, the the middle ground can be a little bit less 
fantastic but they the the first one and the last one were the worst ones and then everything if you had put those in the middle and then ended with maybe like started with the Kate Blanchett one and ended on Alfred Molina then you would have we could have watched the exact same movie but just all come away with it with a more positive mm-hmm. feeling well and what's funny about it is I don't know if you guys know this but it was shot over like 17 years or something like that um so the wow. The first one you're talking about with uh, Roberto Benigni was shot in 1986. So, and the movie was released in 2003. So, this was something they did for years and years and years. Um, also, Jim Jarmusch, I mean, he's a he's a pretty acclaimed director. He did uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, which I think you like, Kelly, um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did Broken Flowers. And, uh, you know, so he likes working with Bill Murray. But... I just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I like this movie. You're right. There are, there, there's some vignettes that are, that are not, they don't go anywhere. I don't like them. And then there's some that are actually really funny. I like the, I like the Iggy Pop one and Tom Waits. I like that one. Mm-hmm. It's awkward, but it's funny. And uh, it's funny, you know, they, we showed it in the trailer. They're just the two of them talking. Everybody basically is playing themselves to an mm-hmm. extent. Um, so. I don't know. I kind of there. There's something. There is a line like blurred between like art and entertainment and reality and all that stuff. And I, I think this movie kind of handles it well. I'm not saying it again. It's not saying it's my favorite movie, but I do kind of enjoy it. It it it's like what you said, Kelly. Like you you start watching it, and it's like, oh man, this is terrible. And then you get into it, and you're you're like, how how am I gonna finish the rest of this movie? And then it's just <laughs> it just goes by because it actually is pretty entertaining. It keeps your mm-hmm. attention. So. I like the the Bill Murray one is probably my favorite. I like that one. This is Bill Murray drinking straight out of the coffee pot. <laughs> Talking about naturalistic healing with the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, I mean, what other movie's gonna do that? So, you know? yeah, that's funny. I think all of these are good in concept, right? Like, but there's nothing about the actual watching of it. I think I could get just as much out of something like that. Oh, that would be awesome if RZA and Bill Murray were in the same skit and he's like, but watching it didn't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't add anything extra to it. Hmm. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it though. I mean, it was good because Bill Murray was in it. Well, okay. So what, for no other fact, why does Jack White have a Tesla coil? Like, what is that about? So he's, he's huge into Tesla. Oh, uh, really? Okay. And like the symbol for, uh, in fact, I can run and get it when I'm done talking. The symbol for um, Third Man Records, his record label, is is like a huge test. Okay, so that, I, that's context I didn't know. That okay. makes much, so much more sense because yeah. it was yeah, really I random. Know. I mean, I know it's, it's it's Meg White sitting there talking with him, but I just I was like, what is up with the test coil? <laughs> yeah, and I like that Meg White knew knew more than he did, and she you know, that's kind of their dynamic. So for those who don't know, Jack White, most known for the White Stripes, uh, Seven Nation Army, Icky Thump, they're putting out a lot of merchandise, uh, Icky Trump, which is a funny little turn of the phrase. Uh, it's like anti-Trump stuff. But uh, so he's also in two other bands, The Raconteurs um, and The Dead Weather, and he has a solo career as well um, and produces. He's he's huge in Nashville. Uh, it's got Third Man Records there, and he's getting into country music and obviously does rock and all of that. So he's kind of he's kind of like a musician's musician. He's not like hugely famous and popular but um you know most musicians know him and know of him and he's, he's but, pumping still but it pumping is out curious why he's in all these movies like this like yeah how, how did he how does he get involved in these little tiny right. cameos like this movie's probably his longest screen time right like yeah it's gotta be yeah well, yeah maybe cold mountain if you stitch all of his scenes together yeah, yeah cold mountain but he, he plays more of a integral role i would say in cold mountain yeah i just don't think he's on the screen that much and he doesn't have many much dialogue at all and i didn't fin- a- i didn't finish mutant swinger so i don't know if he's how much he's in that at all not much uh, he's he's kind of like a hipster's hipster type thing like he's actually authentic whereas a lot of hipsters aren't and so i think that's why he's drawn into these little kind of like more more art movies like coffee and cigarettes yeah i mean dewey cox obviously not but <laughs> yeah but you gotta play one. elvis at that one so yeah <laughs> that was so strange <laughs> very, I, very strange <laughs> um so yeah these are like a really eclectic gathering of of movies that that he just happened to be in they are 
Yeah, I don't, it, it would be hard to think of three movies that are more different to be talked about in the same episode. Yeah. You're but, welcome, okay. everyone. Yeah. You but Charles, I could, toes, Mark. I could see why you, I could see why you would like coffee and cigarettes more. I think we had this discussion in the Tim Burton episode because you, I feel like you enjoy movies more not more, but you, you enjoy movies that are also like cinematically centered and that you enjoy like, you enjoy movies for reasons that aren't just the entertainment value, right. which I respect uh, and appreciate. Well, and I would say that I know this movie's not one that's going to catch a mainstream audience, right? Like, I just can't see this being that popular, even with all the people in it. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there are levels I appreciate it on that, for that. I, I, and I like the concept of it being over 17 years. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's that's kind of crazy. And actually, uh, I did, uh, and I talked to you guys about this. That I did um, when I was in college. I did a little a little promo for the film club I was in, and this movie uh, somewhat inspired it. And the concept was in in the in the club we were in. We would we would pair people together, people that didn't know each other, um, to go out and make a movie. You know, a short movie, bring it back, and basically learning to work together. Blah blah blah. And so for this promo, it was. Uh, uh, me and my friend Nick, who were officers in the in the program, we were like, "What if one of us was like, you know, a real arty kind of guy, and one of them was like a more mainstream person? And what kind of movie would they make if they made a movie together?" Uh, so if you guys, I don't know if you want to talk more about yours or if I can show my little promo here because I think people might get a kick out of it. Seeing yeah, a, sounds good. All right, let's show, let's show them. Give them right. what they want. All right, so here we go. Oh man, Spielberg, I mean, he started this summer blockbuster with Jaws. It was the, everybody couldn't get enough of that damn shark. Even though it was the stupidest looking thing in the world, people flocked to it. And then every summer since then, bigger and louder. It's genius. People often ask me, hey, why don't you save a little bit of money and shoot your films on digital? People can just take a camera and film, make movies. I made 16 last week. They're films. They're films because I shoot them on film. I mean... Film is dead. Deal with it. They said the same thing when color came out. Oh, you have to live in black and white. I don't think in black and white. I don't see in black and white. Some people do. That's their business. There's no other way to do it. All right. Nice video, Charles. Thank you. Yeah. Credits are rolling here. I just want to make sure everybody that did it years ago. Uh, but yeah, that was that was kind of fun, and we're back. So what I love most about that video is that um, anytime I see a lightsaber rotoscoped, I don't know if you actually rotoscoped it or if it was a different technology, but I did. When 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 Lucas came out with the the stupid uh, special edition and still didn't fix the lightsaber blinking out, like how can you not <laughs> fix that? Like every film student in the world can do this, Lucas. <laughs> like put the lightsaber. Because at one point Obi Wan's blinks out, right, and it yeah. looks kind of flat. Yeah, yeah, when it turns to the yeah. Anyway, that was good. I did like that. I like the the con the humor with the contrast. Yeah, kind of fun. All right. 
So on that note, shall we move on to Cold Mountain? Let's do it. 2003. This movie tells the story of a wounded Confederate soldier named Inman who struggles on a perilous journey to get back home to Cold Mountain, North Carolina, as well as to Ada Monroe, the woman he left behind before going off to fight in the Civil War. Along the way, he meets a long line of interesting and colorful characters. While back at home, Ada is learning the ropes of managing her deceased father's farm with Ruby Thews. I forget how her name, Ruby Thews? Uh, played by Renee Zellweger, a scrappy drifter who assists and teaches Ada along the way. And here's the trailer. So much time has passed since you left. This war is lost on the battlefield and is being lost twice over by those who stayed behind. Are you alive? I pray to God you are. If you are fighting, stop fighting. If you are marching, stop marching. I will not leave Cold Mountain. My last thread of courage is to wait for you. You ain't coming back, you know that. You must know that in your heart. Any soldier turned deserter is guilty of treason. And shall be hunted down like a dog. I ain't getting shot again for some cause I don't believe. I don't have any money. This was my father's. You can see the craving. Poor soul, she's got nobody and nothing. Old lady Slinger says you need help. Here I am. They kept trying to put me in the ground. They never killed me. You are all that keeps me from sliding into some dark place. When this war is over, there will be a reckoning. They call this war a cloud over the land, but they made the weather, and then they stand in the rain and say, it's raining! This is, in fact, you are all correct, my good pick. I could never say that walk hard, the Dewey Cox story, is better than this movie. Uh, I'll say it's not the the perfect good movie, but um, I think about this movie a lot. I think about it with the marriage scene where she says, I marry you, or he says, I marry you, I marry you, I marry you. Um, And then she laughs about it and says, it's actually, I divorce you, I divorce you, because that that came out in a book I recently read as well, which kind of triggered it. Um, but I, 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 I just really like this movie. I love the music. Obviously, Jack White actually had a hand in the soundtrack. He he recorded uh, like five of these songs. I don't think he wrote them. Uh, I think he they they took a bunch of old classic traditional songs, and it's the same it's the same arranger that did uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and so he dug back into like the traditional folk music to try to set the tone for this movie, and I think just did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And it just captures the horror of war and the Civil War in particular. Um, again, we have very similar to A Brother Arthur. It's a journey home story. Uh, and there's a lot of comparisons you could draw with the Odyssey specifically. Uh, I think the Coen brothers did it much more intentionally with like literally a Cyclops with John Goodman's eye patch. But in this one, you have like the blind man who's who's roasting the peanuts. And, you know, there's blind Tiresias. There's like a, you know, Tiresias is the soothsayer in the Odyssey and you know, this blind guy was also an old wise man and stuff like that. Uh, and the love story is so believable. Jude Law and Nicole Kidman are like just great in this movie. Uh, I don't know. I love it. I think about it a lot. And I've got, I own the soundtrack. And any time one of the tracks comes on, I stop and listen to it because it's all so good. I agree. I really, really like it. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't love Renee Zellweger in it. And and it's sort of odd to me that she like of all the of all the great acting in this movie she got 
the only Oscar nomination, um, and she won it uh, for Best Supporting. Which not, I mean, I, I like I like Renee Zellweger, but I think it, her, <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it exactly. I don't know if it was the accent. None of the accents I thought were really amazing, but that it's rare to see somebody do a really really good southern accent in a movie if they don't if they're not a native speaker um but yeah loved it loved the music I, that's really cool i didn't i didn't know that jack white um had such a hand in the soundtrack that's really awesome uh it i i do think it, the music told the story it, it transported you there um oh my gosh i had so many feelings of agony while i was watching <laughs> this just oh and the the end the end got me but <laughs> yeah man Really, really, really good movie. See, it sounds like I like Rose? this the least out of all of you. Like, I, I just again, I think it's a good movie, but the, the it left me wanting a lot more. And I, the accents bothered the heck out of me. They all did. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Renee Zellweger is from Texas, and yet I couldn't stand her accent either. Mm-hmm. I and I, I'm gonna go out here and say that I actually think that Nicole Kidman was a bit miscast. I just uh, she's. I don't know. It just didn't quite fit that part for me. I mean, I, I, I eventually I warmed up to her character, but at the beginning it was just kind of too much. It's too much with the accent she's doing. It's too much with all of it. Right. I just could not take her as a, as a, you know, 18 you know, or it's just, I couldn't take her during this period. I just did not believe it. You know what I mean? Uh, It is the 1800s, Charles, if you're doubting yourself. Well, I was no, it wasn't even that. Civil War was it? No, I know okay. it's eighteen hundreds. I was trying to say what what I, I was trying to think of what I wanted to say, like whether I wanted to say is yeah. she too modern, like is she more of like a twentieth century woman, and I can't see her in period pieces. But then I I liked her in uh in the hours. Was that in the what what century was that in when she was playing uh uh that I, I think that would be early nineteen hundreds. Anyway, I was trying. To, so in that movie, I liked but, her. So I don't know what it is about this. I don't know why she doesn't fit in this period. I think I think Nicole Kidman's an alien anyway. Uh, so I, she never seems to fit into any movie, but I, I just enjoyed her in this one. But I can see what you mean. She's a little wilty. She's kind of like what I mentioned about Net, uh, who did I call wilty from Armageddon? What's her name? Uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. She's kind of the similar. It's like, and it's funny y'all mentioned accents because I know that I'm sure they should have bothered me, but uh, I was talking with Kelly beforehand about how bad my impersonations are. So maybe I'm just so tone deaf when it comes to that, that it just doesn't bother me that the accents are bad. But Renee Zellweger won the Oscar. And uh, I remembered I remembered liking her performance a little more than, than I actually did, but I still really enjoyed her. She was still like, she was still... Uh, she's good as the comedic relief, for sure. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And actually, I really don't like Renee Zellweger in general. Uh, but th- this movie, like, made me made me think a lot better of her as an actress yeah she's very plucky yeah 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 and, and again i like that story in it and you know i haven't really seen that like the, the women that stayed behind and all that in you know it's a it, it's good it's a good story i mean i guess you could say that about gone with the wind to an extent but um i don't know have you have either you read the book that this is based on Mm-mm. no i really I want to i haven't but i um, I was gonna say the other thing that bothers me about the movie is the editing. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't. I you know, the, and this is another thing. This movie was nominated for editing, and I, I think at the beginning it didn't need to be told out of order because eventually it comes back into the right order. Uh, it just feels like they did away with that plot device early on. But I really wish they just started it and brought us all the way up through it because it felt not only was it out of order and that's a little confusing because she would talk about. You know, you'd see, spoiler alert, you'd see her father die, and then you'd hear her in the very next scene writing a letter, oh, that was last winter, last fall. It's like, so we skipped this whole period, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's just hard to well, keep... I read it. that the... Go ahead. Sorry, I read that the book was written... I don't think it went back in time like that, but it was written in, I think one chapter was Ada, one chapter was Ada. Right, I've heard that, and so I, I, I heard that they were kind of... And I, and I like that. I do like they were yeah. going back and forth with their story. I just wish it had been right. chronological... Um, for one, to introduce us to these characters a little bit better. And and also, too, I, I don't think they focused on stuff as long as they should have. It felt like they skimmed over stuff, and it was just like, bam, 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 bam. Um, so that, that kind of yeah, drove they, me nuts. Probably could have cut some of the scenes and and lingered longer on others. I right. Agree. And I think the editing is probably the worst. It's funny because I feel like this movie is probably nominated for the opposite things it should have been nominated for. 
Right. Yeah. Like Renee Zellweger may have been one of the weaker performances and she was the only one that won the Oscar. And, and the I, editing was, it was weird. It was because they, they would also be like the super serious, like I think it was the Natalie Portman scene. Yeah. Like the horrific thing that was like, they, they like cut in the middle of that. And they went to this kind of sweet, more upbeat scene with Ada. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And then they went bad. So, mm-hmm. but those little, with... the, the supporting cast, I think, you know, with the exception of Renee Zellweger, I think they're the ones that really made the movie for me because, yeah. I mean, again, not that I hate Renee Zellweger's character. I thought she was funny in it. But, like, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman, I liked his performance. I liked his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the Natalie Portman scene. I thought that was really tragic. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the best. Those are some of the the, the part where uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and the chain gang and all that stuff. Like, that's those are some of the best scenes in the movie to me. Uh, yeah. So... I really like Brendan Gleeson too. He's yes. I've always liked him. Yes. If you if you don't know who that is, he played the what was his character in Harry Potter, the guy with the moving eyeball. Uh, Mad Eye Moody. Yeah, Mad Eye Moody. And it, and, um, and he also um, I read a thing that he's actually can play, and that's really him playing in the movie. Yeah. And he helped pick some of the songs too. So oh, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I really did like that a lot. And, I, and that's another scene too, like that those scenes around the campfire and. Uh, <laughs> the guy that played Beowulf, uh, I'm blinking on Ray his, Winstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's in this back. Movie. Beowulf's I, back. Baby. I actually, I actually didn't mind his uh, accent in this movie. He had one of the stronger southern accents good. to me. Surprisingly, like for some reason, it took me out. It, like I was like, that's not him. Is it? That can't be him because he, like every movie I've ever seen him in, he does that Cockney accent, and then it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> that would have been great. Why? Thing. I guess I wonder why they chose. Yeah, uh, it seems like a lot of the people in this were, you know. British actors, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's him. Well, and they filmed in like Romania, in did the they? Carpathian Mountains. Did they? Or something? I didn't even yeah. know that. But yeah, it's, it's, it seems like these are a Which lot of funny, yeah. British people doing these American, Southern American accents. I mean, it's just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I did. I there, like I said, there's certain scenes that I think are just really powerful and and great. Uh, it's just it, I feel like I wanted more out of this movie. I mean, this is the same director he did the English Patient. Um, so, you know, he's, he kind of does these kind of drawn out stories like this, but Mm -hmm. uh, visually like splendid, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and, and we haven't really talked about Jude Law. I I like Jude Law in it. Um, it did take me a while to kind of get used to him. Like, uh, you know, cause like I, again, I, it's another, you know, English actor that I, I keep, I keep picturing that, you know? So it took me a while to get used to him, but he was good. I, I liked him in it. I, I I did. Not all as prejudiced against uh, against limeys as you are, Charles. But <laughs> yeah, I no. didn't realize that about you. But okay, let's move on. Well, <laughs> no, I think they did a better. Uh, I I think uh, they did a better southern accent than like Renee Zellweger, who's actually from Texas. So. <laughs> actually from here. That, and that yeah, and I remember Sad. even when I first saw this movie, I remember even thinking that then I was like, wait a minute, like she's getting all the credit for all this, all this thing, which she was good in it, but her accents really crazy like it's it's all over the place so the other thing about accents is we know nothing about what people actually sounded like uh i mean we do like linguists have some idea of phonetic spellings and stuff like that but uh but also it's hard to even know what's realistic and what's not so Mm -hmm. i've never had a problem just getting well there's a um, spinning my disbelief oh what's the movie there's a movie about um it deals with like the aftermath of the lincoln assassination I can't think of what it's called. It's a Robert Redford movie, though. But anyway, they uh, want you to make it on that. And they were talking about, you know, they could have used, like, actual, like, transcripts and stuff and written diaries and stuff for some of the language in these characters because they were real-life people. But they, they said that people of today's audience wouldn't be able to understand what they were saying. Right. It's like, And I often wonder, is did language change that much since the 1860s? I, I don't know. Uh, well, the the cool thing is like the uh, the Southern American accent, like post revolution, is closer to what uh, to what British accent sounded like at the time than British is that. today. Because I've heard that. in Britain they were trying to distance themselves from us, so they're the ones who changed since like the late seventeen hundreds to what they speak today to try to like distance themselves from the stupid Americans. So is that rebellion. to say that if? Uh... If you were to go back then, they would sound what we consider American. Yeah, or Southern, yeah, like Southern, turn of the century American, not turn of the century, just like the the way they spoke in the late seventeen and early eighteen hundreds in the South is the most is the most close to how they spoke during the Revolution in Britain. Hmm. That's yeah, it's interesting. Wow, 
I have, I've heard so, that before. I just, it's just it's hard, hard to wrap your head around it. I mean, imagine, yeah. if, imagine if you made a movie in that period in, in England and you had him speaking with Southern American, ac- or, you know, Southern American accents, people would kind of flip it out. I think. Yeah. And if, yeah, we don't want authenticity. We <laughs> necessarily, <laughs> we have our limits. It's the same with Shakespeare. If you go back farther, 1600, like you read a lot of that stuff. And today the words don't even rhyme you know, in the, in the plays today, because we don't, we pronounce them so differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it would sound so weird to pronounce some of the, some of the rhymes that way, because they're so off. But, it's interesting. Right. We've, we've got a, a comment in our Facebook live. Sarah says, as a non-Southerner, I didn't think it was that bad at the time I watched it. I didn't know any different. So there you go. Maybe we're just judging too harshly. Perhaps. Yeah, y'all are accent snobs. Perhaps. <laughs> just... <laughs> Just go with Renee Zellweger, Charles. <laughs> I'm sure she did her research. Sure. And they stand in the rain and they say, shoot, it's raining. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is, it's like, whatever. Okay. Sounds just like my grandma. Okay. <laughs> Do I Who's remember? not from Texas, but. <laughs> A rare and beautiful Charles impression. Yes. Uh... All right, Charles, what do you have queued up next? Did you do uh, I, uh, walk, walk hard next? Yeah, because I, I okay. figured so that's another thing. The Mutant Swingers, um, I have no idea when that movie was made. IMDb yeah, since 2009, so I put it at the end. But uh, I think it was made in like the 90s, but they didn't release it till 2009. Um, I think because of Jack White, like I think that's part of why they decided to release it because he had gotten famous. And like, oh, maybe this can get some traction. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, you ready anyway. to do walk hard? Uh, yeah, Walk Hard is the up and down and up again story of musician Dewey Cox, <laughs> whose songs would change a nation. On his rock and roll spiral, Cox sleeps with 411 women, <laughs> marries three times, has 36 kids, stars in his own 70s TV show, collects friends ranging from Elvis to the Beatles. I don't think he was friends with Elvis. Anyway, uh, to the Beatles to a chimp and gets addicted to and then kicks every drug known to man. But despite it all, Cox grows into a national icon and eventually earns the love of a good woman. Longtime backup singer, Darlene. You know, sometimes we complain that the synopsis are too short. That was one of the longest ones. <laughs> all right, here no, we go. We've done longer. I know I've read a longer one. Here's that. the trailer. Mr. Cox? Mr. Cox. Give him a minute, son. Dewey Cox needs to think about his entire life before he plays. From the time he was a boy. Ain't no six-year-old understand the true meaning of the blues. I reckon I might. I done a bad thing. Cut my brother in half. Not bad for your first time. The music. Of Dewey Cox Take my hand has had an effect on people. It's the devil's music. From the guy who brought you Talladega Nights and Superbad. You have got to give up this dream. You're never gonna make it. And maybe you don't believe in me after all. I do believe in you. I just know you're gonna fail. Columbia Pictures presents The Epic Journey. Walking to the top of a mountain ain't easy. It's a long, hard walk. But I will walk hard. Of the man who became a legend. Walk hard. The Beatles won't hang out, so I'm gonna go do that. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. This Christmas. I'm leaving you. You can take the children. But you leave me, my monkey. When it comes to music... I ain't good enough to follow Elvis. There's two things you need to know. I'm the king. And number two is... Look out, man! You see how close I came to your head? I can chop a man in half. I'm guilty as John. No legend is bigger than Cox. You met my new wife, Cheryl Cox T. Thanks, buddy Holly. What do you think, George Harrison? The one, the only, Dewey Cox. Thank you, Eddie Vader. What happened to you, Dewey? I don't know, but I know what happened to you. Patrick Deppy took a beating. Walk My life has been blessed, from my singing to my family to my sausage. It doesn't say Cox, unless I say it tastes like Cox. And there you have the epic tale of Dewey Cox. Walk hard. And this, of course, is my ugly pick. This is such a great 
it's ugly because it's so it's so wacky it's a really well-made comedy it does edge into the good territory but i remember not liking it as much in theater because this came out this came on the coattails i think of like anchorman really started off this whole like will will ferrell uh john c Riley, all of these kind of wacky comedies that we've actually talked about a lot about recently mm-hmm. um and so this kind of felt like one of the weaker ones at the time going back and watching it it's a really good satire of the uh of the music biopic uh documentary it's got a lot of good jokes a lot of good snl cast uh, mm-hmm. but it's just it's all it's all around fun some of the jokes are a little bit obvious or you can see them coming from like eight miles away, you know, when they, it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to end with this punchline. Okay. 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 When they're in the recording studio and he's like, there is no way you can salvage what you just did. The only way you could do it is if you played this amazing tune, that's so soulful. It just kept going for like a full minute and a half. And okay, well, I, I kinda, we, we know what's coming. Let's get to one it. One of the re- recurring gags that I liked a lot was all the drug taking in the bathroom. Yeah. You don't want none of this. Actually, I think yeah. I do. Like, I, I like those every time. It's non-habit forming. <laughs> it doesn't give you a hangover. <laughs> yeah, that was. I love. I love Tim Meadows. He's one of. My, he's one of my favorite all-time SNL. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and that's the cool thing. Like this movie just everybody in it like pops up and like these kind of surprise cameos i mean the beatles even haven't this is a movie that has jack white and jack black which yeah uh correct me if i'm wrong did they not make something where they called it jack gray recently i think no, I so don't. i don't know um i did hear about that the fort worth zoo over by down by me um they had a zebra that was born recently and they named it jack and they said is it jack white with black stripes or jack white with black stripes and they said the first the first of them to visit the zoo, they would get to name it their name. But I don't think either of them ever visited. I don't know. Spark for zoo. Uh, yeah, I liked Paul Rudd as uh, as uh, the lead beetle. John, John Lennon, Lennon. Yeah. And who are the others? Paul Rudd, Jack Black. Uh, you had Long? Yeah, yeah, Jason Long, Long as George Harrison. And then uh, what's the guy's name? He's he's always in he's always in Wes Anderson movies. Um I can't think it was. Oh, Luke Jason, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, Schwartzman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's him, right? Yeah, as, as Ringo Starr. I think so. I think so, yeah. And so the, the Jack White, you know, is like 15 seconds. It was him playing Elvis. And he's he wasn't even a very convincing Elvis either. His, his yeah. impersonation wasn't that great. The part you saw in the trailer, that's like his entirety. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's, <laughs> except yeah. at the end. Wait, wait. At the end, when he's singing the very final song, Dewey Cox says, and then you get another little scene of that that they that they didn't include where he has got a switchblade to his throat. So it's basically Elvis Presley just judo chopping like about to ju- like pretend judo chopping him in the neck and Dewey Cox. Well, and Look so out, man. Um, when I watched this trailer, um, when I was getting ready for the podcast, there's a lot of scenes in the trailer that aren't in the final cut. And apparently, apparently there is that. a really long extended cut that I haven't seen. That's because this movie is about like an hour and a half. It's like a there's like a, a two hour cut of this movie, um, nice. and part of that is a lot of extended stuff with Elvis. That sequence is a lot longer apparently, uh, and then uh, there's the whole '70s stuff where he's punching Patrick Duffy, <laughs> and and they <laughs> yeah. even cut out his third wife. Like he he gets married there somewhere. So I don't know. Just a lot of stuff. It's. I thought this movie was hilarious. I didn't. I didn't really have ex- much expectation going in. I didn't. I don't always love some. It's hit, these are hit or miss for me. Um, like I like Anchorman. I think it's really funny. I, I didn't. I don't know about Step Brothers, but um, yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, Dewey, Dewey Cox walk or whatever. But I. I thought the comedy was so successful. I mean, Zach and I watched it, and we were cracking up. Yeah. In the beginning, when he was like, when <laughs> when the brother got killed, and he was like, I'm cut in half, real bad. <laughs> We were dying. Is that you, Renee Zellweger? Is that you? One of the best jokes was right after when the dad starts his, you know, the wrong kid died, which he sings later on and he's like, says it all over. But the, but he's telling Dewey Cox is like, you're not even half of the brother after you cut him in half. And Dewey is like, so you're saying I'm less than a quarter of the kid, of our brother? <laughs> wrong kid, dad. <laughs> 
there are a lot of funny jokes. And just may I say, not to get too personal, but I appreciate that they include male nudity as well as female nudity, right? Sometimes I feel like women get objectified too much. And then when they throw the, the male nudity in there as a joke, I'm like, okay, I appreciate it. That's, that's equity, right? That's that's yeah. fair for all. It's, it is really funny, though. I it was, yeah. Because <laughs> you're not expecting it. Yeah. Everything about this, I mean, I love Kristen Wiig as his first wife with the she was great the, like crazy hair thing that she's got going on she always has five kids in her hand um <laughs> and even after he's like had this huge hit he's like you'll never be successful you'll never amount to anything <laughs> well and i was like why don't you believe in me i do believe in you i just know you're gonna fail <laughs> I, yeah i liked her i but but john c Riley like is amazing in this movie i mean this he's is a heck of a performance yeah. like it he was nominated for a golden globe i I there's part of me that's like I really wish the Academy Awards were more open to comedies because the the performance here all the singing which he did the mm -hmm. the dancing yeah. the just even when they were doing the things about him looking like Buddy or not Buddy Holly about Bob Dylan like I, and then he has to go and do Bob Dylan like it's just it's mind blowing the level of talent mm -hmm. he did for this movie and was still really funny. Mm -hmm. I think I, he's a very I, underrated actor. Like I don't think he gets his due. He's you know I think. This and uh, you guys have seen Chicago, right? Like I, he, mm -hmm. yeah. now he was nominated for Chicago. That, I think he was amazing in that movie. But I just did he win supporting? Anything? No, he or was no? just nominated. But uh, part of that was for I, I'm assuming his when he did the Mr. Cellophane Man song in that yeah. movie, which I love. But th he's just a very underrated talent. Uh, and I, and I kind of, I kind of wish he would do more dramas and and more musicals. Even I had he's no been... idea. I had no. I mean, I guess I just forgot about him having an amazing voice because it totally bowled me over when I was watching. Um, now, did he do all of the singing? There was one song where I thought maybe not, but it did sound like him for almost all I'm of I'm pretty it. sure he did because he, he has yeah. an amazing range. And that's what I'm saying. On top of that, he's also doing impersonations. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's talent. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he had that Johnny Cash sound, and then at one point he was sounding, he sounded just like Roy, Roy Orbison. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was all over the map, and he totally, totally killed it. And Jenna Fisher, I thought was yeah. was good too. I love yes. that first duet. I love the, the first duet. Let's you were, duet. Yeah, that was that was cracking me up. Uh, and the the music is all really well written too. Mm -hmm. It's all catchy music, really convincing songs. I mean, they there's a I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast before, but I, I've been telling everybody about it on Netflix. There's a show called uh, Documentary Now. Have you I've, watched it? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It's really, really good uh, because it's like it's um, Bill Hader and I, forget, I always forget the other guy's name, who are two SNL guys who are who do these like really well produced, humorous like mockumentaries, basically. But they're so well done that it's like a very, it's a very weird experience watching them. It's it's they're so good. Like anyway, like so I really from Mars, good. Uh, not quite, but almost. <laughs> Um, I but I really suggest it um, for all the, for you if y'all like this kind of movie where they you know they go all out for the comedy and and make it really well done like make it very good um, I suggest that but, yeah I like Hel it Helen like, Mirren introduces them all I like it when there's like a lot of attention to detail I mean that helps sell it and it, but it's also mm -hmm. funny it's just this is Walk Hard is just one of those movies that. I, like you said, Kelly, I think it catches you off guard because you're going in expecting just the just the absolute dumbest movie, and right. it's not. It's funny and it is stupid, but it's it's there's so much talent behind it. And it, I mean, it, it it's it's an odd mix because it is kind of dumb, but it's also really smart and sharp in other ways. Yeah, so it's hard to decide which one it is. Yeah, I don't think the trailer really does it justice. Plus, like I said, the trailer shows clips that aren't in the movie. So if you haven't seen it, I really, I think you should watch it. It's funny. It's on mm -hmm. Netflix. It actually just yeah. came back on Netflix. So it's kind of like that. Is that a cat uh, behind it's you? Like awesome. The, yeah, no, I'm trying to shoot them out. Oh, okay. As my mic is muted, but it's not working. <laughs> uh, they're kind of like the Awesome Powers movies are like that too. You're like, oh, Awesome Powers. And then you watch it. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> These are great movies and everything's yeah. funny in them. Yeah. Yep. So cool. All right, all right, Charles. You mentioned uh, you mentioned mutant swinger from Mars. So this is our bonus movie. Uh, I have a trailer for that too. So go ahead and do the synopsis. Nice. So uh, I love the synopsis from IMDb because I'll read it as it is. 
A long-lost sci-fi film from the 50s finally has been recovered. Martians form Mars, come to Earth for its, with an incorrect apostrophe, its most valuable resource, women. It's up to Rusty Rave to stop them. All right, and, and here's it. the trailer. Space. A strange and unusual place. A place where one day man will explore and boldly go where no man has gone ever. Hello, I'm Orton Z. Criswell. Writer, producer, director, actor, and psychic. I have foreseen the future and I can tell you this. I have foreseen aliens, unfriendly aliens, sneaking onto our planet undetected. A war of the world is about to start on this planet. A fight to the death. They will take control of our cities, our public schools, our presidents, and our pets. Oh, you're cute. He looks like he's in La La Land, Steve. What gives, baby? You wound up like a cheap watch. Oh, come on, Bubby. Rusty, be full. Yes, she's her. I'll take her to the spaceship. Rusty! Watch now and learn about the dreaded goings-on of space creatures that will soon visit us and do the unspeakable. Seen anything unusual? No. No, nothing unusual. Watch now and see what will happen when worlds collide. Beware. Look up. Listen. It could be happening sooner than you think. It could be happening now. Trust no one. All right, Mutant Swinger from Mars is uh, probably about as good as you would think from the title. Um, there, there's a there's a lot of problems. I, so I sprung this on Kelly and Charles like last minute. So I know Kelly didn't have a chance and Charles only watched some of it. How much did you watch, Charles? Uh, maybe about 20, 30 minutes, somewhere in that range. Yeah, so the, the problem with it, it starts off with this hugely long intro of Orson C. Creswell, who's this pretend director, kind of like old school... Uh, he's, he's uh, kind of like the Hitchcock. one well that he's kind of like the one in uh um ed wood the the or main orson wells yeah yeah it's a combination of orson wells and then is it criswell i think it's the name of the guy in ed wood as well I'm, the jeffrey jones plays him i'm not sure so he does this like long intro where the director is introducing his own movie and then he gets into the b movie itself so the what this movie has going for it even though it's a terrible movie is that it knows it's a terrible movie and it's kind of making fun of b movies but also it doesn't really achieve that. Like it doesn't achieve the mock part well enough for it to be good enough to watch. You know what I mean? It feels like a laudable student film. That's kind of how like I felt really... about it. Yeah. I, the, the intro part that I watched, cause that's the bulk of what I saw before it really got into the movie. The movie's not quite, I mean, it's, it's about, it's about as entertaining as the intro. Um, there's a couple of good little jokes in there. But mostly, uh, mostly it's just, and they shot it. What do they call on the round or or whatever, where it's like one camera that's just mounted and can rotate around to the sets because they just built the sets yeah, all yeah. around it and just shot it quickly from set to set, uh, which is kind of cool. Just thinking about that, uh, Jack White's part is limited to this kind of secondhand character who just is in the club dancing and he keeps talking to the main character and he's just kind of a knucklehead. 
but you can tell it was made. So like we were talking about, it was released in 2007 or, or nine. What IMDb say? listed as 2009. Um, but the, the credits on the movie in that trailer say 2003. And then I, I don't know. But then looking at Jack White, he looks super young. He looks like it would have because because the White Stripes, I think, dropped their first album in 99. And it would have to be before that. Uh, at so least you, a year so you or think two this before is before that. was so was White Stripes his first like where he's first popular? Oh uh, yeah. So this movie was before he was even like a popular person at all. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. That's if my detective work is correct. And also what I read about this movie is that it was made during the nineties. Um, so, hmm. so that would have to be right before. So okay. if I had to shoehorn this like and fix my category picks, then I could say movies featuring Jack White after he was well known as a musician. If you were putting, <laughs> uh, having discovered this so after the fact, I mean, would this have been a good, bad or ugly pick or would it have not replaced it any bad. of them? Would it re- so it would yeah, replace it, coffee and cigarettes? Probably would have replaced coffee and cigarettes, yeah, because that one's that's okay. the most ambivalent one. Okay. Interesting. Um, but there's, like I said, there's a couple of good jokes at one point because there's so the main premise is there's these two male aliens and a third female, and they're coming to Earth to get a mad scientist to build them a creature who is attractive and enough of a swinger in order to lure all the women away from the earth men so that they can have all the earth women for themselves. And then the men will tear themselves apart without women, right? Like we'll go crazy with rage, I guess, or whatever. Uh, and so the, but the, the, the Martian female is like at the beginning when they're discussing this plot, she's kind of sitting in the back and she's like, what do they have that I don't have? <laughs> and at the very end, she kind of falls in love with Rusty Rave, the human, at the very end, she she jumps in front to save him and and falls dead. But she she like goes to whisper something in Rusty Rave's ear, and he bends over, and they're like, "What did she say?" And he said, "Nothing. She just licked my ear." <laughs> it's like, okay, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, but other than that, it's it's like a C plus all around. Okay, that's rough. That that rem- the way you're describing that reminds me of um, Meteor. <laughs> when we watched that and we thought oh yes this is gonna be such a prime ugly pick because it had everyone in it and then we watched it and it just wasn't funny at all no special sauce nope all right that's that all you got to say about that one or yeah i think that's that's just about it a little special and uh okay. and i apologize to my to my listeners out there who are uh who are judging me for my jack white knowledge I'm all right here. so then oh, uh I guess uh, is it? Are we finally up to Kelly then? I'm excited. I want to. I want to hear Kelly's. Yeah, yeah. we got to hear these. Yes, yes, Kelly's yes. been teasing this uh, Kira Knightley period piece thing <laughs> months. For, I, like, uh, is it just months? I mean, I feel like it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think because I announced it right before, like in December. I want to say. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. I thought it was longer than that, but all right. And then something. Charles, you stop it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm pointing I, out our flaws. I'm no, it's not pointing out. Well, no, okay. That, okay, before you go, that does remind me though that I, I did post the part 14 of here and there at the James Bond today. Yes. And that was done a year after the last one. <laughs> and in only in only 21 more months, we'll have our final cleanup. It was episode. almost. It was almost to the day. It was like because I, I have the yeah. original recording date on both, and I'm like, oh man. So anyway. Go ahead. Sorry, well, Kelly. You know. So, um, LOL, I'm actually not going to do my Kira Knightley picks this time. <laughs> I'll do the next time. I almost <laughs> I just... did a spit take on that one. I had... <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't, it's all right. I don't mean to make you spit There's take. no ugly just... film with Kira Knightley in it. What? That's why. After all it's that possible. teasing? I know. Well, I have my reasons, but I... Okay. It's it's coming around the mountain, don't you fret. But this time we are going to be doing bum, 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 Nicholas Sparks adaptations. <laughs> oh no, so much yes. worse. <laughs> so much worse than Kira Knightley. Okay, it is time. <laughs> and the picks are in chronological order: A Walk to Remember, two thousand two. Oh, The Notebook, two thousand four. No. And The no. Choice, twenty sixteen. The Choice. Huh. Yeah. Oh, That's the only no. one of those I haven't seen. I don't even who's in the choice. It is Teresa Palmer and what's his face? McGee. I cannot remember what's his, his name. Oh, <laughs> is this uh uh James and uh, James James Barton or 
Is that him? No. No, not, not that no. one. Marston? No, that was uh, The Best of Me. Oh, okay, okay. That's also a Nicholas Sparks, though, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, 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 good. Okay. Oh, The Notebook. Yeah. I don't want to be one of those people who hates on, you know, like... Maybe you just need to revisit <sighs> it, Mark. I, I mean, and I, I shan't reveal which one it is. I mean... So, yeah. would you say Keira Knightley's coming around the mountain? Um, do you mean, like, next? Because you are going to go twice in a row. Is it the next yeah. time? Yeah, I'll do it next time. Okay. Can you give us a teaser on that one just to appease the gods here? Like, that the people that have been waiting. Yeah, do you have your picks for that one yet? <laughs> <laughs> or no, still don't? I do not recall. <laughs> okay. All right, fine. I can neither confirm nor okay, deny. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So, that's our next one of these. Um, awesome. Okay. Uh, and then uh, this month on what day is it going to be on it's a let me see it's the 24th the 24th yeah 24th uh, 9 8 central so this is an hour earlier than usually do Um, Topher and I are officially bringing back what used to be called the original uh, Good Bad Podcast we're calling it 50-50 and basically what it is it's it's, we're going to continue the list that we started at least 10 years ago where we're looking at IMDb's top 50 movies of all time and the bottom 50 movies of all time. And so uh, we're just going to continue our list. And so on this upcoming episode, <laughs> we're going to do The Hottie and the Naughty, which stars Paris Hilton. And we're going mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to look at Taxi Driver, which stars <laughs> Robert De Niro. Uh, nice. Topher used to get mad when I would say compare them versus they don't, we're not really comparing them. It's just that they happen to be lined up that way. So no, I think you should force a comparison. Yeah, well, I, I I do sometimes. This is a um, yeah, this has been a long time coming. We haven't done one in a long time. I'm gonna this month leading up to that, I'm gonna start posting the the original episodes that we did so far, um, kind of with the new rebranding. Um, so I'm really excited. This has been this has uh, been a what, long uh, time coming. What episode will it be? Like how many movies? How many of the this is, is, it like, uh, is it like eight or nine? We, well, so this will be the 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 forty. First, no. Yes, 40th. I don't oh, really? What well, we did? Uh, we did no. ten. We did all of the ten. So we did all. Of oh, those. starting from 50, going back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we're in that. I'm trying to think. Is it 41st? I can't think of what. 30. The 41st worst movie and best movie of all time. Maybe not though. I'm getting that all back. What's? You just took a snapshot of the worst movies when you started, right? Yeah, so the worst have, movies and the best movies, so we can kind of count down. So when you get to one, it's going to be the best and worst movie of all time, side by all side, time, yeah. according to IMDb. And that changes a lot, and that's why it, it's hard for me to keep it straight if I'm not looking at it, because um, at one point we considered starting over, because it's, like I said, it's been at least 10 years since we started, mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, you know, we're looking at the list, and and like now, Cats is on it, and that and that's you you know, it surprised me too that it's on the best movies of all time, but it is there, and uh, <laughs> but there are so many but movies. In, fa- in point of fact, that the the movies uh, that on the bad list, the bad ones, the one that changes the most, but neither the best or worst movie is the same as it was back then. So hmm. it's really interesting. I think that the is... I think the best one on ours, if I'm not mistaken, is Shawshank Redemption, and the worst is a movie called Daniel the Wizard. It's a German film. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, but yeah. But if we go about our pattern, it's like we're doing like ten movies in ten years. So <laughs> we're gonna be doing this a long time. But no, we're gonna try to be consistent about this. The goal is to uh, to at least do one every other month. Um, and then next month we'll see. Next month we may be doing another uh, here and there. I don't know. You guys have your. That's are you planning on doing it next month? I don't know what the plan is. I know you got the follow up. Yeah, I was going to ask: Are we doing good bad podcast after fifty fifty, or are we doing the James Bond next? Both. So 50/50? so it'll go the so the um, a month from now we'll be doing the Kelly's pick, and then in that and then two weeks from that we'll be doing the here and there, which is your last okay. episode. Yeah. And then okay. and then and then good bad podcast and then me I, I'm thinking I'm thinking we'll alternate here and there with uh, 50-50. that's kind of my goal um, but continue to do at least one a good bad podcast every month um, because I have a special plan for October so I definitely want it to be my pick come October for this one and I think it's a genre that both of you are gonna hate but I'm excited about oh good so <laughs> if that doesn't give away too much. I am really afraid 
of what that means. And by the way, because I'm really afraid you're going to make me be really afraid. Well, no, 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 no. I would. Yes. Yeah, so it does relate to uh, to Halloween. That's why I want to do it. Because, but, but it's not. You're not going to hate it because it's going to scare you. I will okay, say that. Good. That's I, my only criteria. I, I, yeah, I, I know, I know that some of that, but you will hate it for other reasons. I, I will say that. Uh, Don't worry, you'll. There uh, will be hate in your heart. Yeah, I just, I can't. <laughs> I just, yeah. Every time I see a movie, and it, I think uh, of the kind of caliber that we're going to be watching for that, I think Mark and Kelly would hate that movie. How can I possibly work it into a genre? <laughs> so sometimes I am going for a reaction, but also, uh, it's a good genre too. And I, I think it'll really work. So, and by the okay. way, it's a fake cigarette. I don't really smoke. This is a puff cigarette. Yep. If, if everybody's wondering, just to clarify on that, don't smoke. Yeah, we are the not good bad pipes. We're not, not encouraging smoking. smoking. I know that we talked about coffee and cigarettes, and that trailer was full of coffee and cigarettes. But don't smoke. Smoking is bad. Don't start it up if you don't already. And if you are, please try to quit. It will kill you. That's uh, Doctor Mike would definitely praise us for saying that. I think. <laughs> And That's on for you, that Dr. Mike. Note. Yes. Yes. You can catch us live oh, on Facebook. What? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh, and Mark, on our, on our outro, by the way, I um, on the here and there outro that you just did for the James Bond, I had to kind of dub you in with your own voice, of course, but you, uh, they search for here and there if they're looking for here and there. They search for good, bad podcasts if they're looking for good, bad podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. You okay. Said, you said goodbye podcast Sorry, on yeah. the here and there. So I kind of. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of found an old clip. So if you guys watch uh, that on uh, YouTube, you're going to see Mark. You're going to see goodbye podcast, but it's really going to say here and there. <laughs> <laughs> why don't the lips match up? Yeah, that's why. Uh, okay. So you can catch us live on Facebook or listen to the replay on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube by searching good, bad podcast, all one word. Or head over to our website, itsjustawesome.com, all one word. Wherever you check us out, be sure to subscribe. It really, truly, honestly does help. Yes, please. Thank you, guys. Please, please, please subscribe. Thank you, guys. I have been Mark. I have been Kelly. I guess I'm Charles. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye. Thanks,